tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. What is up, my people? This is your girl, Carla Renata, a.k.a. the Curvy Film Critic, broadcasting here at Black Hollywood Live as we do every Sunday on the 5 o'clock hour Pacific time. And I've been trying to give y'all the hostess with the mostest with the guest of the best, honey. And this week, I have one of my all-time favorites who was here with me once before when we were promoting and talking about A Star is Born. I got my boy, DJ Pierce, a.k.a. Shangela, baby. What's up? Well, hey, and hallelujah, I love an AKA. Yes, AKA. <laughs> yes, AKA, honey. So we have you here today because I love you first and foremost. So here's my score for you, AKA Pose. <laughs> I'll take it, Miss Poor. Yes. <laughs> and I wanted to talk to you about a show that you have on HBO right now with Bob the Drag Queen and Eureka and yourself where you guys are traveling across all small towns across America and taking drag shows and transforming lives. And it's called We're Here. And I wanna talk to you about that. I watched all of the episodes and I believe the finales, the season finale is tonight, right? Uh, we have a season finale. You know, our show is every Thursday night. Uh, oh, Thursday, yeah. over on HBO, but they air it so much. I'm so thankful. Like, it can be a Saturday afternoon, a Sunday night. The official re-airing of each week's episode is on Monday night. Uh, but they air it so much. It's funny because, you know, we got HBO over here at my granny's house where I'm quarantining at the moment. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm back on again. I think my family is tired of seeing me because every time it's on, I'm like, come, come. <laughs> that is hilarious. You've had a Funko doll come out since I talked to you last. you got this HBO show. But what I really want to talk to you about is the fact that, you know, when I was growing up in St. Louis, Missouri, I have a special affection for drag queens because they used to help me. I used to do beauty pageants and I paid my way through college doing beauty pageants. And the drag queens would pull me up and show me how to do my moves for my talent competition. And I would win the talent competition every time. So I have a special place in my heart for people that do drag because it is a transformative performance art. It's not just for lack of a better way to say this, it's not just men putting on a dress and a wig and some makeup. It's a transformative performance art. And you can use that art to express yourself in ways that you wouldn't normally be able to express yourself, considering the fact that we live in a culture where, and you see when you watch We're Here, where sometimes y'all go into some towns and folk are looking at y'all like, well, what's going on here? Especially when you went to Branson, Missouri, because I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. So when y'all went to Branson, Missouri, and the children were trying to call the police on y'all. <laughs> twice. I know. Two times. Once, twice. That was bananas. And I know what that culture is because I grew up in that culture. So I want you to, to just address the fact that it's a performance art. And you guys are bringing performance art to these small towns, to, to three very specific people, and helping them transform their lives along the way. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for watching the show and supporting us with this because this is our first season and it's really been amazing to get the feedback from people who are being really touched by the show. A big part of the show, in addition to the transformative uh, piece of it, but also is the art. You know, there are pieces of art that make up this entire production everywhere from the art design from the different sets to the costumes and the clothing and also the performance and you're right I, you know most queens all the ones i know love a pageant okay 
So we have a special place in our heart for any pageant diva, any pageant girl, because for me, that's why I first got my introduction to drag as a backup dancer, as a boy backup dancer for all the drag pageants in Dallas. And we would travel and compete. So, and then my uh, god niece was on Toddlers and Tierras. I was on with her, getting her ready for her, you know, Miss Bubblegum and Raindrops and Truly Lollipops, whatever pageant that they had, you know. So I, I also went to the pageant, girl. I won Miss California Entertainer of the Year. I got first run up of Nationals, Miss Entertainer of the Year. I love a pageant. So thank you for respecting the art and so many people in our community from, you know, men who do put on dresses as well as our trans members of our community, drag kings, everyone understands in the, if you're in this world, how much goes into it. When you're creating a piece of art, right? You have to work at it and put it together. And a lot of times, especially in going to these small towns with our local residents, you know, for we're here, we would find that our local residents, you know, didn't, obviously this is their first time doing drag for most of them. They didn't know everything that goes into really putting on a piece of performance art. But they signed up and they committed and we were super thankful to be able to transform their journey and work with them uh, in putting this together. I loved it. One of my favorites was, and I can't remember, please forgive me, I can't remember which episode it was, but there was this one episode where there was this young man who was, was gay and his father was having a really hard time connecting with him. And he got up and he did his thing and it was, it was so heartwarming and it lifted my spirits to watch him turn his life around and accept, not only accept himself, but be in a situation where he was giving himself permission for other people to accept him. Right, now that would be Hunter. Uh, from Gettysburg. Yes, my that's first it, born. Hunter. Yes, yes. he's my firstborn child. I am so proud of Hunter. And and the relationship with him and his dad and, and you know, within his family was something that was very unique to our show. Uh, at first, it was our first one out of the gate, right? And in going into this town, I didn't know what to expect. We were just piecing together the show itself and, and getting our bearing together. And he and his family were so open and honest in wanting, you know, they had the desire to create a stronger relationship, but somehow they didn't have all the tools in order to get it across the finish line. And that's where I came in and with the other people, that's where Bob and Eureka came in. And I'll tell you, I the biggest joy I think I have from this show, Carla, is seeing, um, I feel like a proud parent, you know, like a, a parent at graduation when you like, woo, woo, woo. I'm rooting them on so much. And the, and you see it in the show, you know, the journey between Hunter and his father to really build a stronger bond between, you know, straight, traditionally masculine man and gay, makeup wearing, proud, out loud son. And it was really beautiful to see how they went on that journey and how I was able to help in that. And then the best thing is, even now, like I just recently did a catch up with Hunter and his dad. And I mean, for the premiere of the show, now we filmed the first episode in Gettysburg last July, July wow. 2019, right? And the show premiered in March of, was it March? Yeah, I think it was March, uh, March of 2020. So it's been a while since I've been able to connect with him in person, but uh -huh. uh, his dad was hanging up a sign of course, we're all, you know, social distancing and in quarantine and lockdown. So they couldn't have a big viewing party, per se, but he still had a banner made, hung it outside their house, like Hunt, he calls him Hunt, 
Hunt's gonna be on HBO tonight. Y'all check it out. I'm gonna be on there. It was really, really sweet. And now I see Hunter online. You're this makeup girl. She, I, I've created another daughter, another daughter. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, you know, you talked about Hunter doing his makeup. I did this makeup especially for you. You see my little highlights happening. You know, Baby, I got who couldn't? You look so good. Thank you. We were talking before. You were like, I wish you had some place to go, child. I wish I had some place to go too. So there's that. Well, look, I feel honored. Thank you. Because yes. you have put on a lovely mug. I barely, look, I'm doing the whole quarantine lockdown gig. I've got the lovely lighting to seem as if I have a little piece of concealer on. But honestly, <laughs> I'm giving you a lot of Alicia Keys natural, that Alicia Keys. Look, I am not mad at you, but I could not come. I could not come and talk to Shangela, honey, without coming correct. So I had to bring it. I knew I had to bring it. I was trying to have my little glitter curtain and my lights up, but honey, the makeup took a little longer than I had expected. <laughs> so I had to contour. I had Ooh, to give you no, contour. turn. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I had contour. to give you contour. I had to make sure these lips were light. I had to get that highlighter right. I had to get this right. I had to get it right, honey. I had to do this, the shading. You, I don't. I was like, I got to come correct. <laughs> the paper near me, but if I did, I'd be holding up a 10 right now for you. Okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> hold it up high because the lips are popping. The highlight is lovely. You got the layered gig over here. So when you turn, baby, they, oh, you saw it. They saw it. They saw it. I like it. I, like I love it. you for that. The, the the series we're here, it gives me that. You remember that film that came out a long time ago, Tu Wong Fu, We Love You, Julie Newmar? It's like y'all um, took that premise. Yeah, I think you took that premise. It's almost like they took that premise and took it on the road with the most fabulous three drag queens in the country they could find. I love every second of it. I really did. Well, you know, that's one of my favorite movies in like coming out as a young gay boy, especially a young gay black boy, seeing these drag queen characters, you know, coming from different ethnic backgrounds, coming from different walks of life and all just gay and fabulous and proud and up in they drag in the daytime, strolling through with the convertible and all that. <laughs> I love that movie. So many good lines in that movie. I ain't even gonna, so many good lines. But you know, the difference, the great thing about that movie is it was, it provided visibility for a community and for a people of a walk of life that don't always have that kind of visibility in film. And now I'm super happy that we're here is continuing to bring that type of visibility to our television screens. Now the difference in the two, you know, good old Tu Wong Fu was a lovely mate. They went into the town, ding, and made everything better within like a weekend, right? By the time that car was fixed, they were gone and the town was better. We have a couple more days than that, but also, you know, I'm so excited because in that film, you know, you find that it's a small conservative town that they run into and they do meet opposition, they do meet, you know, backlash, but they also find uh, people who support them, who connect with them in the most unlikely places. That's something definitely that uh, we're here, which is of course a real life series, unscripted. Um, also, we've been able to develop, didn't expect, you know, I remember telling Bob in Gettysburg, he was like, we were setting up the stage and he was like, Chandra, you need to move the chairs back to lead place for people to come up and tip. I said, Bob, girl, this is Gettysburg, mama. This is Gettysburg, honey. You will be lucky to get enough people to sit in the chairs, let alone have people have clawing through to get to the front to tip the drag. I said, I don't know, baby, I don't know. Baby, when I tell you the line was around the dirt roads and the blocks, in Gettysburg that we had to turn people, unfortunately because a fire code had to turn people away, we didn't have enough space in the building. 
it was so hot, girl. The, the 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 glue on my poor lace front had just melted. She gave up. She said, "I'll see y'all the next city." <laughs> that is pure comedy. The lace yes, front gave up, and she was like, "Bye." I catch y'all in the next city. Ooh, that is pure comedy. I love that. I love that so much. Two things, I, three things I want to bring up before we go. Um, my fans are telling me in the chat room that Tu Wang Fu is currently streaming on Netflix. So for people that haven't seen it, you can check it out on Netflix. The other thing I wanted to um, say is that one of the things that Bob, I think it was Bob, this, no, it wasn't Bob. Yeah, it was. It was Bob that said this. When he talked about when you're lip singing to the song, if you forget what you're saying, if you say watermelon, <laughs> then it looks like you just say anything <laughs> that you that you kind of sort of know the lyric. I'm like, I will be stealing that tidbit of info for the future. Now, if now I you go ahead and have to perform. <laughs> you go ahead and borrow that one. That one was Eureka. Okay, that one was from Eureka. Bob, Eureka. Was thing, I'm sure she gave that advice too. But you know what? Be careful because the closer that audience is, the closer they get up on that mouth. You know, a lot of queens, especially young drag queens, see they can show up to the show and I got it. I know this song. But honey, you better know it through and through. That's what I tell my daughters. And some of them may say, Miss Shanji is really tough on us. But it's because, you know how I am on stage. I want to give 110. And when I'm bringing a brand new daughter to the stage, and I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, I'm presenting her, she is mine. I want her to be her most confident. And if you don't prepare, you anything could, you know, a shoe could get caught in the stage and all of a sudden you're thrown it. I need her not to do that. So. Shanji, really, I run my rehearsals with those girls as if we getting ready for the Super Bowl. I saw that. And I was saying this to my mother um, as we were watching it together, that Shangela in general, DJ Pierce in general, you are like that person in the family that everybody wants to go over to your house. Everybody wants to hang out with you. You're like the person at the cookout that everybody wants to have around and nobody <laughs> has an issue with. And that's what you are like as a drag mother you're because even in going through all those different towns you were the one person of the three you were like the glue that kept everything together and kept stuff from getting a little sticky sometimes and you were very respectful in the process of you doing it like when homegirl came out with that phone and said here there's somebody that needs Ooh. to talk to you and you were like okay yes ma'am we're just visiting we're just visiting and i was like you are that auntie at the cookout that everybody wants to see come through all the time well, I'm thankful. Uh, not only do I have a degree in corporate communications and PR, which are very important with the way you communicate, but also in my personal life and the way that I was raised with my family is always to lead with love and always have respect for people. Now, that woman came out, she was stone cold. She came out that she was stone cold. But I'm going to tell you something. Had I met her with the tone that she had with me, with the same animosity and anger and, and really hatred that she had for me, none of us would ever get anywhere. And even though we didn't get that woman across the line to see, you know, to be open to us, when I'm going into these homes with different families, a lot of times people may be on the defensive because they're like, you're coming to tell me what I've done wrong with my child or with my dad. And that's not what I'm there to do. I think Bob, Eureka, and I all have done a, a really smooth job about connecting with people, about letting them know that we're there to listen first, and then we're going to talk. And we're going to share our experience, but we're here to hear your side too. And there is no wrong necessarily, right? There is no definite you are wrong. We don't want to demonize anyone, but we are hoping to open some ears and open some hearts. Absolutely. Well, DJ, AKA Shangela, I'm so happy that you popped back over here to Black Hollywood Live while in quarantine to chat with me about 
we're here on HBO that comes on Thursday nights at nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so glad that you came over to talk to me about that. I appreciate you. I love you. And I'm looking forward to the next time that we get to chat and hug each other again. Thank you so much, baby. I love chatting with you. And I'm back anytime. You let me know, girl, call me up. I'll be here. A ring-a-ding-ding, -ding, baby. You only said nothing but a word. <laughs> you say, I'm I look at your beautiful mug. I love you. Yes, honey. It's just for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, baby. I'll catch you later. Bye now. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, my goodness, you guys. This was so wonderful to be able to talk to Shangela again. I love her so much and her alter ego, DJ Pierce, because literally DJ is seriously like that auntie at the cookout or that uncle at the cookout that you just can't wait to talk to them again. You just cannot wait to do it. All right. So before I get to this other interview, we got jam-packed interviews today. So before I get to this other interview that I conducted with Shangela, Shangela with Janelle Monet in conjunction with her new series on Amazon Prime Homecoming. I want to talk to you about a documentary that I saw that is currently streaming on ESPN tonight. It's a two-part documentary. The first part airs tonight and then the next part airs next week um, around May 31st, I want to say. But it's, called, it's simply called Lance. And it was at one of the film festivals that I often go and, and um, frequent. And I was so excited to see it because I was fascinated with the fact that Lance Armstrong won the Tour de Force seven times in a row. You would have to be an athletic physical beast in order to make that happen. And I often wondered what he was doing, what kind of training he was doing in order to make that happen. Well, honey, ESPN right off the heels of that very successful docu eight part documentary series, documentary series that they have been airing regarding Michael Jordan called The Last Dance. Right on the heels of that, they got Lance. And when I tell you it's a kicker because Lance Armstrong, as you know, I think in 2013 came out and said that he had been using performance enhancing drugs, specifically EPO which is a it's like a synthetic enhancing drug that you can inject, you can put it in your food, you can take it as a pill. There's different ways that you can ingest it and put it into your body that make you perform a little bit better than if you didn't have it. Not only was he using that performance enhancing drug, but some of his teammates were using it as well. And one of the teammates just kind of like rolled over on everybody and just bust the whole situation wide open. But the thing that's the most fascinating about Lance Armstrong is that like many athletes, like many champions, like many people who are willing to win at any cost necessary, he lost his career, he lost his reputation, he lost corporate sponsorships, and in some instances, even lost some friendships all over the need to be a winner. And was it really worth it? That's up for you to judge when you watch it on ESPN streaming tonight. I believe it streams tonight at nine o'clock, but check it out. And another thing about Lance is that Lance Armstrong is a very, I didn't realize this about him, but he's a very arrogant man, very arrogant and very um, non-apologetic about who he is, which is why he was able to get away with what he got away with for so long. But 
nevertheless, it's a lesson in humility. It's a lesson in what not to do. It's a lesson in how a lie can come and literally blow your life apart. And it's also a lesson in if you want to be competitive, there are a thousand different ways to do it. And you don't necessarily have to put stuff in your body to make that happen. So again, Lance, the documentary is streaming on ESPN tonight and next week. Now, let me get to my girl, Janelle Monet. There is a TV series that is streaming on Amazon Prime called Homecoming. Last season was season one, and it starred Julia Roberts and Stefan James and Bobby Cannavale. And it deals with some shenanigans that the government is going through with soldiers in a PTSD situation where they're trying to help them get over that quickly so that they can go back into the armed forces and perform. That's all I can say without giving it completely away for you. But now we're into season two and they're picking up where season one left off. This time, the person that is starring in the bulk of it is Janelle Monae as Jackie. Now, let me tell you something about Janelle Monae. Janelle Monae is becoming a beast and a force to be reckoned with. Y'all have seen her in Hidden Figures. You have seen her. Well, you're going to see her in a film that's coming out called Antebellum, which she's crazy good in that too. But And you also saw her in Harriet. She was fabulous in Harriet. I was so sad that she didn't get more love in her role in that film. But what I will say about her in Homecoming is that she's in almost every scene. She is carrying that TV series and she is wonderful in it. So I got together and I chatted with her about playing Jackie, about training for it, and about what happened when Julia Roberts showed up on set. So take a look and a listen to Janelle Monet and Homecoming. Hey Janelle, how you doing mama? It's good to see you. Yeah, That's great to see you again. Were, yeah, we were talking about the lady and the tramp and this time we are talking about some homecoming. Let yes, me just say, yes we are. Let me just say, I adore your work. I've seen Antebellum, I've seen Harriet, I've seen Lady and the Tramp, I've seen Hidden Figures. I just love how your work is evolving and growing and becoming so strong. It's always been really strong, but even stronger. So let me just put that out there and say, I'm like your number one fan as far as that's concerned. Um, second of that's all- love, thank you. Yes, of course, girl, we gotta love world. on each other. We gotta do that. Um, so. I know that this, the first season centered around Julia Roberts and her character, Heidi, and now we pick up in season two with your character, Alex, AKA Jackie. Let me just ask you a question. And all I got to say is black people in the woods. <laughs> As you can see, we're always in the woods. Running through those woods. What kind of training did you go through to prepare for this role? Cause you were doing a lot of running and jumping oh, and hopping. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it had to do, I mean, I had, I had also just come off tour. So I was in, I was in good shape. Uh, right now, I don't know what kind of shape I'm in because, you know, I've been in the house. Not Girl, we really, all been in the house. Yeah, not really exercising as much as I did, you know, while I was filming um, this role. I uh, had to really embody that and what it would be like to be running towards your truth you know, running away from, you know, in, in some of those scenes, um, they were life or death moments. So that was my inspiration. You always embody really strong women. And is this something that gravitates you toward a project and a role? You know, I think this was a, a different kind of role because some of the choices that Jackie, you know, 
makes, I wouldn't necessarily make. There okay. were just some, some that, so I had to create backstory for why, why she chose to do that. You know, is she a good human? I think you'll walk away asking yourself those questions. Is she a good person? Is she a bad person? You know, um, and I think that's what I love most about uh, uh, acting is that you get to become someone that you may not necessarily be. Maybe you guys uh, intersect and there are some things you agree with. I mean, I think we're both asking ourselves questions right now about uh, where are we? Who are we? Who did this to us? You know, as I'm in the middle of a pandemic here um, mm -hmm. and trying to uncover the truth and, uh, you know, uh, trying to figure out the day. Um, but I think for the most part, uh, she is, you'll see strength, you'll see vulnerabilities, you'll see uh, her struggling to, mm -hmm. to uncover the truth. And every, every time she thinks she has the truth, here comes a lie. Now, I spoke about Julia Roberts a little earlier. I know she surprised you on set. What was that like when she showed up that day? Oh, gosh, I was so nervous, you know, because I knew she was a part of picking me to, to lead this season. And that's the highest honor, you know, for her to give me the, the baton. I think so much of her and she's such an icon. Um, but having her watch us, you know, do our scenes, I was like, oh, so on edge. And then all of a sudden we hear this loud, ah! like scream. And one of the guys in production whispers, I think she likes it. That was Julia Roberts. And so, you know, after we did it and, and we took photos and she just told me how proud she was of, of, of me and of, of us. Um, and um, it was a beautiful exchange. Well, I loved it. I love you. And I thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with me. And I'll see you soon. I know. We'll see each other soon. Thank you so much for your support. It means the world. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Bye. Hey, y'all. So I love talking to Janelle Monet. This is the second time I believe I've had an opportunity to speak with her. The first time was when we talked about the Lady in the Tramp. She did one of the voices and the music for that project, which is currently streaming on Disney Plus. So you can catch that over there. And um, of course, you can catch her in the season two of Homecoming, which is streaming on Amazon Prime right now. So just a little bit of news, not too much, because you know, we're in quarantine. There's not a whole lot going on. But last week, we lost a really important voice, female voice in the music, music industry, in the film industry. And her name was Lynn Shelton. She was a director, a writer, and a producer. And she most recently produced Little Fires Everywhere, which was a big hit on Amazon Prime for them. And she was only 54 years old. She died from an unidentified blood disorder. And she also had a film called Sword of Trust, which um, starred Mark Marin. But I just wanted to acknowledge that I wasn't able to do that last week. And I also want to acknowledge that we lost Fred Willard. Fred Willard was so funny. And from everything that I saw online of everyone's post, he seemed to be very well loved and very well respected within the entertainment community. So I just wanted to give a shout out to their families and their friends and know that we over here at Black Hollywood Live are sending our prayers and our love to their, to their loved ones and their friends and their family. I also wanted to let you know now, Nicholas Hout, who is currently in a series on Hulu called The Great, which I love The Great, I'm gonna talk about that in a second. Um, he was supposed to play the villain in the upcoming Mission Impossible 7 film with Tom Cruise. Well, he has now 
not been able to do it. And that production actually is gonna go back into production in late summer or early fall. And Issei Morales will be taking over that role. Now, I love me some Issei Morales. And my, I know he's done a plethora of roles since La Bamba. I loved him as the brother in La Bamba, La Bamba rather. And you saw him this year is playing Lauren Castillo's dad on How to Get Away with Murder on ABC. But I, I have very fond memories of him in La Bamba. He's so fine. Anyway, he will be playing the villain in the Mission Impossible 7 film that is going to start production. So I can't wait to see what, what that's going to look like. Everybody has been anticipating that and waiting for it to come out because, you know, it's Mission Impossible. It's Tom Cruise. What you going to do? You got you to gotta do it. You got to watch it. You got to love it. So there's that. Um, the other thing is that next week, okay, let me do my hands together like this because we got a lot of stuff going on next week. So next week, I'm so excited to talk to talk to y'all about this. Next week, one of my oldest friends is now a big, huge Broadway star. Her name is LaChance. And LaChance has been in the business for 33 years. I can't even believe it. And the last time she was on Broadway and nominated was a couple of summers ago in the Donna Summer Musical Summer. And she got a Tony nom for that. But LaChance is going to pop over here to talk to me as well as her daughter, Celia Rose, who was starring in the new Broadway musical, Jagged Little Pill, the Alanis Morissette musical, which now has been postponed and uh, shut down like all the Broadway shows have been. And we're gonna talk about what that means for somebody on Broadway, how the Broadway community is thinking about rebounding from that situation with the Tony Awards, and the Tony Award nominations and the Tony Award winners are going to look like because we're in quarantine. Because from what I understand, the Tony Awards aren't actually going to happen. But the Outer Critics Circle uh, Awards have have let their nominations out. The Drama Critics Circle have let their nominations out. And I think they're actually going to announce their winners. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that's going to be announced right now. But the Tony Awards is on pause for right now, but we're gonna talk about that. I also had an opportunity to speak with Michelle Phillips from the Mamas and the Papas, one of my favorite groups. If you're not familiar with the Mamas and the Papas, that song, California Dreaming, that you hear on TV every two seconds, they wrote that song and they recorded that song. So I'm talking to Michelle about the Laurel Canyon documentary in which she's a featured subject, also talking about her relationship with Mama Cass, Cass Elliott, and we're talking about the actual documentary, Laurel Canyon. I also spoke to some other subjects with Laurel Canyon, Allison Elwood, the director, uh, and Johnny Eccles, who is the, was the lead guitarist for the rock group Love, and Chris Harrison, who also was one of the founding, not Chris Harrison, Chris Hel Hillman. Why did I say Harrison? I was thinking George Harrison, Chris Hillman, but it's Chris Hillman, who was the lead guitarist and original member of the Birds. So we're talking to all of those people. And if all of that was not enough, y'all, your girl is trying to get it together. And I'm talking to one more person. Now, if you have seen The Handmaid's Tale, you know that the sole reason The Handmaid's Tale is off and popping and has done as well as it has done is not only because of the subject matter based on the book, but because of the hands down, fantabulous performance of Elizabeth Moss. And I will be talking to her as well. So I hope y'all enjoyed the show today. 
I had a great time myself. I got to get all dolled up, but it's going to be hell trying to wash all this off. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, though. It's going to be hell trying to wash all this off. But I could not talk to DJ Shangela Pierce without, you know, coming correct with the beat. Had to do it. Had to do it. And tomorrow is Memorial Day, so I got on my scars and stripes for Memorial Day, so I just had to come correct on all cylinders firing, bam, 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 bam. I want to give a shout out to everybody in the chat room who always comes and supports the sister. We got Brandon Heaton, my boy Brandon. We got Lisette Long. We got Michael B. We got Marlon Wallace. We got Peaches 1952743V. Yes, for the long handle Peaches. And um, who else we got up in there? I think that was about it, or that's all I can see because you know my eyesight is a little funky. But I wanted to thank y'all for being so supportive and so gracious with your time in quarantine and coming and supporting the Curvy Critic over here at Black Hollywood Live. I also want to hope to let you know that I am praying for everyone, that I'm hoping everyone is is keeping themselves safe and sane in quarantine. Hopefully we will all get through this together. And this will be a blip on the radar and we will look back at this with some very fond memories. Make sure that you continue to wash your hands. And let me just tell you that in addition to talking to Elizabeth Moss, I'll be talking to her about this film that she has coming out called Shirley. It is a crazy, crazy, crazy film. And I'll be talking about all of that, but there's that. Oh, and I also, when LaChance comes, her father, was was ill and had COVID-19. So we're gonna touch on that very briefly just to you know let people know that that he's doing really well and and he's he's making it okay. So um that's it you guys for this edition of the Curvy Critic with Carla Renata. If this is your first time here, please give me a big old thumbs up to let me know you were here. Subscribe below get those notifications below. You can see every review that I ever talk about, any review that I ever talk about here over on my page, thecurvyfilmcritic.com. You can see other interviews over at the YouTube channel, The Curvy Film Critic. I have an interview over there right now with Issa Rae. She has a film out this week on Netflix called The Love Birds, and I'm talking to her about some natural hair stuff, which is quite comical. You'll enjoy it. But until the next time, please stay safe. Please stay sane, wash your hands, and know that I'll be here every sunny Sunday to entertain you and at least make you laugh for a little while. All right? So until then, love, peace, and hair grease, and I'm out. On behalf of our BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined.